Hello, and welcome to the Fermanwoods Contemporary Art Podcast. I'm your host and assistant director at Fermanwoods, Jessica Harvey. As regular listeners know, our current program, In Steps of Sundew, is about the ways humans influence and affect the landscape around them. For this episode, we'll shift point of view slightly to see how changing landscapes can shape a human. Sayed Sitar Hassan is a British-born artist based in Oslo, Norway. His work explores the parameters of national identity, heritage and belonging, and the fault lines between tradition and change. In his artistic practice, Sayed has traveled to Pakistan to retrieve his grandfather's car, used the rubble of Northampton's notorious Greyfriars bus station as his medium, and crafted a turban of sausages. He is an artist who is so aware of how place and culture combine to make us who we are. So who is he now that he lives in Norway? Prologue. Saeed, Hannah, and their young daughter Sophia have spent three days in a quarantine hotel outside Gardamon Airport, Oslo. They have returned to Norway after visiting family in the UK. Saeed attempts to write a background story for Hassan-san, his Norwegian alter ego, so he can read it for the Fermanwoods podcast. He takes inspiration from Wikipedia entries, sagas, tall tales, and YouTube audiobooks. As he tries to develop Hassan-san's biography, he finds it difficult to separate it from his own. After discussing his work in progress with Hannah, Sayed realizes the character Hassan-san is just a means of making his own life sound more interesting. As we join them in room 4005 in the Scandic Hotel, Sayed reads his unfinished yarn to Hannah for the third time. Cue music. I'll just do a read through and uh, see if something can be made of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hassanson's journey. Hassanson was born at some point in the late 20th century. He was half Pakistani, a quarter English, Irish by proxy, and all Norwegian. He gained prominence as an artist, adventurer, archaeologist and social commentator during the culture wars of the third millennium. He is known for his expedition to Greenland in the first half of the 21st century and his invention of the pioneering 
char pie sledge, which he used to make the journey. He is famed for his discovery of the grandiose Viking helmet, the single most important cultural artifact ever to be made from a pizza box. How's that sound? Yeah. Um, just wondering, how about like having chapter headings, like chapter one? Yes. Like this. Chapter one has Hansen's journey. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds better. Oh, that, okay. Chapter two. Family background. Early years. You want to put, like, family background and early years? Chapter two. Family background. And early years. The Hassanson family originated from varying corners of the globe and have strong Viking roots. His father's forebears journeyed from the Garden of Eden through the Middle East before crossing the Arabian Sea on a concrete raft to settle in Buhara, located in present-day Uzbekistan. Did you say concrete raft? Yeah, concrete raft. Wow. But, uh, no, but hang on a minute, concrete wasn't invented back then. It wasn't, it, it was, it was a stone wall. Oh, okay. A stone wall, so I could put, like... Makes perfect sense. Yeah. They cut, they crossed... The Arabian Sea on a stone raft. Maybe you could say like raft of stone. Would that sound like a little bit more archaic? Before crossing the Arabian Sea on a conch. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Before crossing the Arabian Sea on a raft of stone. His father moved from Pakistan in the 1970s after a brief stay in India during his early years to the colonial powerhouse of Great Britain. Did he really go to India? I didn't know that. Technically, he was born in India because he was born in pre-partition Pakistan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe... You just sort of... Switched it around a bit. I switched it around. It doesn't quite make sense, but perhaps that, perhaps I should change that. There he would study leather science before specialising in the distribution of warehouse goods. His mother was born in the flatlands of East Anglia in post-war Britain. I like that. Her mother was the daughter of a long line of hunters who specialise in acquiring game from the ruling classes. 
means he, he was basically, he, he poached occasionally. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so I kind of, oh, he, he it's, did. It's a slightly long-winded way of saying my great-granddad was partial to a little bit of poaching. Okay, or oh, a long line of them. Mm. Yeah. An Irishman of Roman Catholic persuasion would later become her adoptive father, unbeknownst to her, who built all the roads around the British Isles. Her mother was famed for playing the piano with an axe in her back garden, which would put pay to Hassanson's mother's early ambitions to tinkle the ivory key. Basically, you mean like she chopped the piano up, right? She chopped the piano up in the garden, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was brutal. Both Hassanson's parents worked hard and selflessly in jobs they would have no regrets leaving come retirement, providing him with love and security throughout his growth, both in height and learnings. Raised both Muslim, Christian, and atheist, Hassanson fit to no particular place as a young boy, yet belonged well enough. The cultural vacuum of his childhood neighborhood and casually racist surroundings were not enough to take the shine off his happy-go-lucky demeanor. Is it both? Both Muslim, Christian, and atheist? Everybody ignores the atheist side anyway, don't they? But like, okay. I was trying to be funny that like using both meaning two, but it ended up being like three things. Three things. He found art at five years old when he set his mind to drawing an apple at primary school. Hassanson shading technique and application of green coloured pencil created an image so lifelike his class teacher mistook it as a real apple. She is said to have picked up the artwork and bit into it. The picture is rumored to have made the most authentic crunch and possessed the taste of a golden delicious. This would be his most innocent work of art. The onset of identity politics would make it difficult for Hassanson to ever draw an apple in the same way again. Like that. Good long pauses as well. Chapter 3 Emerging Art Career Hassanson graduated in BA Illustration before undertaking an MA in Photography and Urban Cultures several years later. He would eventually succumb to the diverse arts and compete for opportunities in the designated arenas for minority artists. Like many artists in a similar position, 
this period trembled him greatly, as the diversity of his very self risked being lost forever against the crashing forces of unnecessary labor. This battle would define his artistic career for many years and leave him highly suspicious of the art world's hypocrisy and skeptical of his capacity for true equality. His addiction to the pursuit of self-expression, however, will create deep conflict within him as he continued to pursue wokeness from within conservative institutions. The challenge of working as an artist and earning a negative income placed a strain on his ability to pursue an artistic career. Hassanson would undertake a series of low-paid jobs to subsidize his fantasy of being an artist. Hassanson eventually made peace with his career choice, who would continue to see art as, in his own words, like a spleen. Why is it like a spleen? I don't know. I come to that conclusion not so long ago. Okay. Right, and I thought, you know, we have all these things in place in society that we can't live without or we think kind of society will fall or collapse if we don't have them. Like, you know, the educational system, the health system, all these things. And, uh, but like, arts is kind of seen as like, like the first thing that can go. Well, the first thing someone's funding. Yeah. So kind of, like, if you view like society as a body like the spleen for me is art because like it's part of the body very much so it's actually probably more important than people think yeah and like ultimately you wouldn't want to remove it yeah I like tonsils or something I like tonsils Chapter 4 Relationship and Move to Oslo The cloudy nature of Hassan's existence was steered by his hard-working girlfriend who found good employment in Oslo at the National Museum of Norway. A scholar of history and fabrics, Hannah would lead the way to a new life by the fjords and support Hassanson through his transitional period. Fortunately, he quickly settled to his new surroundings as he aggressively appropriated Norwegian culture for his own artistic ends. Both Hannah and Hassan thrived in the new home. It was in the great COVID pandemic of the 2020s that their daughter was born. Chapter 5 Or maybe 4 I can't remember. That depends where we take the last one out because we're a bit silent over that one. Oh, you changed it. 
Yeah, because I said celebrate if you break pandemic, and that didn't sound right. Yeah, so I didn't have anything to say. Okay, all right. So you took out the bit... I took your advice. Yeah, you you took out the bit from since the last one, and yeah. I've got no, uh, yeah. no more comments. Yeah, no, it seemed inappropriate to celebrate the pandemic. Chapter 5. Crossing of Greenland. To successfully cross Greenland, Hassanson invented the Charapai Shellcare. You call it the sl- sledge last time, right? Charapai Sledge. To make the object, he roamed the icy interior of Norway in the hot climes of Pakistan to acquire ancient knowledge from Nordic and South Asian craftspeople. Only then was he able to make a suitable mode of transport for his exhibition on the other side of Greenland at the Intercultural Museum. While searching the rugged mountains of Norway, he would look for a ski maker to assist him in his project. He would find food and shelter on local goat farms. Acquiring skills in the art of brown cheese making, scything, hay piling, and summoning livestock from great distances. By chance, he would meet Norway's only wooden ski maker and strike an instant rapport with him. So you said by chance, but he was looking for someone, right? He was looking for somebody. Well, Hassan Sam was looking for a ski maker. So it wasn't really by chance. His long search come to fruition. And he would meet Norway's only wooden ski maker and strike an instant rapport with him. Thomas S. Laxby was then to become Hassanson's guru for the project. A kind, noble-minded soul, Thomas's skill in crafting wooden skis was unparalleled. His tools were so sharp they would vanish like a raindrop in dry earth if dropped blade side down on the floor. And his joy for making skis was only matched by his love of using them. I'm gonna miss that bit out about making a pair of skis for everything. He could chop down a birch tree with a kick of his boots, cleave logs with a single blow of his trusty axe, render the shape of any ski with the grace of a painter. Plain wood to the glassiest of finishes with a gentlest stroke of his bare hand and bend the tips of skis by simply smiling at the wood. Hassan's search for a charpie maker in Pakistan was made simpler by the assistance of his uncle who knew of several masters in his hometown of Sheikhapura. There, Hassan would meet Tayeb Hussein, 
a virtuoso foot lathe operator who could turn a detailed spindle before you could wipe the sawdust from your eye. Hassanson would spend several weeks at Tayeb's roadside workshop, observing his every move. Yeah, and that kind of comes to an end there. Like, I've, yeah, I think I could write a lot more about Tayeb and arguably rewrite the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that's what you got yeah. so far. And that's what I've got so far. Yeah. I think you said uh, Hassan instead of Hassanson at one point. Like, at the start of Tayeb's bit. Did I? Yeah. I forget. But I get confused between, <laughs> between yeah. who's who. They get a bit muddled up, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, went for, I tried to go for like a Wikipedia. Thank you for listening to the Furman Woods Contemporary Art Podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, make sure to positively rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher. It helps other people find the podcast, and it makes us feel good about ourselves. This episode of the Furman Woods Podcast is supported by Arts Council England and a grant from Local Giving and Postcode Places Trust, a grant-giving charity funded by players of People's Postcode Lottery. Find more on Saeed Sitar Hassan at his website, saeedsitarhassan.com. There's also a link in the show notes for more information on this episode, including the music by Alexander Nakarada, made available under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Visit firmawoods.org for more on our program and to sign up for our monthly email newsletter. Follow us at Firmanwoods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you back here soon.